bonus round. Let's talk about what a designer can do to make a rule book a little more accessible for people that maybe English isn't their first language. Yeah, the first thing is consider what you call your game, the name of the game. And uh, Jamie Stegmeier, my boss at Stone Mine Games, is pretty bad at that <laughs> because how on earth do I go down to my uh, local game store and ask for Sky, Scythe? How do I say that without getting embarrassed? This witty, witty call something. How on earth do you pronounce that? What does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> What's a thighs? Thighs, <laughs> right? You see, so choose a name that non-English speakers can pronounce and that they'll understand. So they actually know what perhaps what the game is about from the, from the name. Because if you don't understand the name, then you don't know what the game is about just from the name. Um, and so. Next is, of course, the real rule book. That's the important part. And uh, a lot of the advice here is general writing advice. Basically, use simple words, use simple sentences, short sentences, short paragraph with one point per paragraph. Avoid walls of text. Um, but really, the most important part is to stick to simple words and simple sentences. Imagine that you are writing a book for a 10-year-old um, and uh, run the rule book by a, a kid you know um, that would be the age level to be able to actually play the game and then take the, the youngest kid you, uh, you know who satisfy that age and then have them read the book and see whether they can understand what's written there. Because if they understand it, then probably uh, foreigners will also be able to understand it. Um, and then have a foreigner read the book. Uh, the proofreaders we use come from all over the place. Um, so so in that, that way, we also get it, get it checked that it's understandable. The playtesters come from all over the world. So if someone who's a non-US citizen or who's not British are having trouble with specific sentences, specific words, then we'll rewrite that. And uh, I really recommend other designers do the same, not just test with American play testers. Have foreigners also try it out, read the rule book and see whether they can understand it. Uh, the best way if you can get away with it is to either do it live on Skype, have them play the game while you watch or have them record a video. Uh, some people won't like doing that, um, but that, that's an option if you need to check as an American whether someone else have understood what's in the rule book, whether when they play, they sit there in the rule book and discuss what does this sentence mean or what does this word mean. If so, then you'll need to rewrite, find another word. Yeah, no, that's a lot of really good points right there. And it's just, you know, as as the game design, or not game design, but just gaming industry goes more and more and more international, more and more and more countries kind of getting in on this whole thing, just be conscious that people that don't speak English as their first language are going to be trying to understand your game and, and trying to read the rules. And maybe maybe the game's not available in their in their native language. And so they're going to pick up the English one because they kind of they know English well enough. But maybe they don't understand all those euphemisms or all those specific words that you really find clever and you find, you know, oh this is a really good yeah. word. But rulebook's not a place to be clever. The rulebook's a place to explain how to play your game and just realizing yeah. that. Exactly. If you want to be funny, then do it in a designer's note or something like that in, in the yeah. rule book. 
don't put it in a crucial rule. Like when I was a young teen, I really wanted to get into heavier board games, and they were only available in English. But at that point, my English wasn't good enough, so I bought several games and simply had to give up um, on playing them. And so in the end, just after a few games, I just stopped buying English games. So by having uh, dense rule books with difficult language, they lost sales. Um, I, I One of the games I tried was Magic Realm. I don't know whether you know that one. Mm, don't know that one. No, but it's... Uh, if you drop your rule book while you are in bed and, and hold the rule book uh, over your head, you'll get killed <laughs> if you drop it when you fall asleep. <laughs> that that dance. Huh? It, it, yeah, it's, it's, of course, I'm uh, exaggerating, right? But it's one of those games that is uh, hailed as one of the most difficult games to learn. It's, I have the game still, and I plan to learn it when I retire, so I can uh, spend a month just learning the <laughs> rules. Uh, and fans have written 100-page tutorials to ease players into the game. Um, 100 pages to ease you in, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, avoid a <laughs> rules book like that. Uh, yeah. Sorry, anyways, it's just people are getting better at English. Yeah. Because... In Denmark, we hear English all the time. My son is w- watching English television, uh, or American, probably. Um, so we'll have generations that will grow up with English as a language they speak pretty well, even though they're not Americans. My son says lol when he's, instead of saying haha, or instead of saying something is funny, he's saying lol, and <laughs> he's saying big instead of the Danish word for, for large, and it's diamond, not the Danish word diamant, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth from American television and from playing Minecraft and stuff like that. So it'll be easier in the future yeah. because us foreigners will be better at speaking English. Yeah. Well, awesome. Morton, again, appreciate your time, all your insight, and good luck with everything you got going on. Very much, and uh, thank you very much for having you, and good luck with your own game design. Thanks, man.